This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Wallace dips inside and hits. Oh, what a, what a goal! Right, that is from Ross Wallace. Chris Waddle, is he going to have a crack? Oh, he does, he scores! Anything Paul Gascoigne can do, Chris Waddle can do. One by Stephen Fletcher back towards Adam Rich! Oh, You're listening to the Wednesday Till I Die podcast. Hello and welcome to the Oppo's View, the show where you get to know our upcoming opponents just that little bit better. This week we're joined by Edward from the D3D4 football podcast and Adam from the Progress with Unity podcast. Ed, first of all, how are, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, I'm pretty good. Um, still in quite a good mood from last Saturday, getting a win down at Lincoln, something we haven't done really since they come back into the Football League. So, feeling quite positive at the moment. Yeah, I was just about to say that was a a good win. Obviously, it's been a bit up and down for you yourself, but uh, obviously a good win nonetheless. Uh, I'll just Adam, I'll just uh, come to you shortly. Um, Adam, mate, how are you? All right? Yeah, all good, thanks. Yeah, busy, busy week. Um, did the transfer window podcast Monday, uh, and then my own podcast yesterday. So it's been uh, quite a busy week, but uh, despite the fact we've not. Morning, two matches. Uh, we're, we're still in great spirits. Yeah, you've you've slipped to the uh, to the low the lows of second. I've seen with having played probably half the games as everyone else's. It seems. <laughs> yeah, a bit of tongue and cheek there, but yeah, it's uh, life is good in Wigan. Good, good stuff. Right, Ed Dal. Uh, obviously, we'll come to you. We'll play uh, Burton on Saturday. Um, I mean, first of all, looking at the the history of of Burton Albion. I mean. Northern Northern Premier League, as it were, as it were, you know, as we were just embarking on our first season out of the the top flight way back in two thousand and one. Um, I mean, as a club, obviously you've come up through the ranks, had a couple of near misses when you're in, in League Two in the playoffs. Then, then Jimmy came along for his first first stint. Uh, I mean, does does Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank go down as a legend in your ends? I mean, there's not much more he can do, really, to be honest, in his two spells here. He, he came in, taking over from Gary Rowett, who had left the Birmingham City. Gary Rowett had put together a side that could challenge the promotion up from League 2 into League 1. Hasselbank came in, enhanced the squad, took them up as League 2 champions, entering the following season, our first ever campaign in League 1. By the time we left the Queen's Park Rangers, we were top of League 1, set up the promotion with Nigel Clough taking us over the line. And then he comes back to the second spell with us, rock bottom of the league, looking dead and buried, and he keeps us up. I mean, what more can he do, really? Yeah, it's like yeah. everything's touches has turned to gold, really, hasn't it, to be fair? It I mean, does seem like that with him, certainly. I mean, when he first came in, I mean, from the outside looking in, it did look like a bit of a strange appointment. You know, Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, you know, Premier League, you know, Chelsea and whoever else he's played for, just scoring goals for fun. And then he, he's uh, manager of Burton Albion. Not, no disrespect to Burton Albion, but it did it did seem a bit strange. Were, were you shocked when he, when he was first appointed? I don't think anyone really saw it coming. Um, it was his first job, I think, if I remember right. He'd had a little job, I think, in Liège in Belgium at the yeah. time. And had come in, and I guess it was the attraction of the facilities we had, making use of St. George's Park to our training facilities as a good part, a progressive club going in the right direction. Like a lot of managers say, it's not often you really come into a team that's in a good position. You don't normally take over, you're normally taking over a side that's down the bottom and you have to be a far side to get them out of trouble. So that was good for him to come in and enhance the role. And yeah, it's just been... He just still is the perfect fit here. And I can't really... You look at the other two clubs he's been at, Queen's Park Rangers and Northampton, 
for whatever reason hasn't worked here. It just seems to be the perfect fit. But now been for him. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously before we started recording, I know you said you, you first started following him around about two thousand and nine when they were in when they were in League Two. I mean, did did you ever think that you'd see Burton Albion playing in the Championship? Obviously, I know absolutely you... no chance. <laughs> absolutely no chance. I can remember that we were we were kind of a comfortable League Two side, very steady progression. I think it was turning from a, a mid-table outfit into a playoff chase, just a couple of playoff campaigns, and then that promotion. I remember going to League One, thinking, "All right, we'll just do the same over the next two years in League One," and we just shot straight into the Championship straight away. And so we're a tiny club with probably average ground to about four thousand, ground hold to about seven thousand people, and you've got Villa, Sheffield Wednesday, Sheffield United, Ipswich, Derby, Forest. Teams used to say were big cup games and they were league fixtures and we just couldn't believe it. Yeah, but not only Playing that, them for league games was just nuts. But not only that, you stayed in the in the in the yeah, league as well for the first season. <laughs> yeah, which uh, it's quite you know, something. Which was uh, which was amazing. I mean, you know, obviously, um, you know, you've come down back into back into League One, but you know, making a making a good fist of it. You know, obviously, you've just said there, Hasselbank's come back in and uh, on his second stint as as manager. I mean, how is he received by the fans? Is he is he well received by everyone? Oh, he's loved from that first spell. That that was a big part of him coming back. Really, I think the affinity was already there. I know from a from a, probably an outside perspective, there was a bit of doubt because he hadn't really been the same manager since he'd left to go to Queens Park Rangers and subsequently Northampton as well. But one of the big things for him, which I still say it's a big part of it, was he brought in Dino Mamria to work alongside him as his assistant manager. And Dino is a an excellent manager in his own right and a very good coach. And it was that combination for me which has really allowed the progress to happen here that's happened over the last twelve or so months. Yeah, I mean, in terms of like expectations, I mean, what what were your expectations at the start of the season, and have they changed? You know, looking now, you know, into the second half of the season, you what mid or tenth in the in the league, or a few points adrift of of the playoffs. But you know, like I said, what what were the, what did you think were going to happen at the start of the season? And has it changed? Uh, my expectations at the start of the season were: don't repeat last season. Don't find yourself rock bottom of the table at Christmas, basically. Yeah, and I think we always kind of had a bit of confidence that we had the unbelievable first three games, winning all three of them, beating Shrewsbury, beating Ipswich, beating Sunderland, finding ourselves up in those top places. I mean, you don't win anything after three games, of course, but it was nice to start there. And I think it's kind of died down a bit since. And I suppose, I think my expectation now, to be honest, for this second half of the season, just to finish as high as we can. I've yeah. felt over the season so far, watching the teams, that there's a bit of a gap in quality between us and those top sides at the moment they come to get the better of us we're going to get the better of us Oxford have got the better of us MK Dons are beating us home and away so it would take a pretty miraculously strong run of form to get into those burst spots which I wouldn't expect given what we've lost and how we generally are as a team but I think a top half finish is certainly possible and for a club like Burton now being in league one considering what we're up against that'd be a very good finish for us yeah, and I suppose as well, it would be you know a great finish, as, you know, considering the the players that you've that you've lost as well. I mean, yeah. obviously we'll come on to like the players to watch and stuff, and obviously we'll talk about the the January transfer window. I mean, I must admit the in my, in my players to watch, I've got no one now because the, I had Jebison <laughs> and Tom O'Connor, uh, and they've now both since since left. Obviously, Jebison's gone gone back to our uh, fierce rival Sheffield United, um, and and Tom O'Connor's gone to. Gone to Wrexham, which is a bit of a well, I say strange one, but it's come it's come to be the norm now in the uh, in the mm. National League. But but first of all, you know Jebison, it, it must be a big blow. I mean, he scored what seven eight goals for this so far this season. He was a big blow. Yeah, he was. He was the development was coming on so well. I had to remind myself he was only eighteen years old, really, because of the quality he had. You saw the overall growth in this game, adding goals to it. He, I think, he finished on seven league goals, nine in all competitions. Very good poacher, good ball carrier as well. And I think the news would kind of be known for a few days. It was going to happen. What with Sheffield United, I think they loaned one of their strikers out to Italy and then lost another one to injury. So he he had to come back really. And we'll see what happens with him. I hope they make use of him. And if they're not, I'm going to be quite annoyed because I'd quite like him back at Burton. But they acted quite quickly to get in um, another young lad, Christian Sadie, who was on loan from Bournemouth. I don't really know anything of him, to be honest. We haven't seen anything of him play. And the hope is he can recreate what Jefferson brought. We'll just have to see with that one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the other one that that you lost, like I said to Wrexham, Tom O'Connor, uh, he chipped in with what five goals this season. Was he a midfielder as well? Is that he's he's a utility player. He operated midfield for us. He can go at left back as well, or the left side of defence certainly. Um, I think in probably the first couple of months he was looking our star man. His he had this knack of having set pieces that went all the way through. He scored two games in a row directly from the corner flag, which to be honest is more an opposition error than his actual quality itself, but. He was looking a real star man, yeah. And the was, bid came in from Wrexham. 
And to be honest, if Wrexham come into when he plays, you don't really turn it down. He was all he brought. He came in some from Southampton on the three. And the idea with O'Connell, with a lot of these players, really, is that they're going to become assets. The idea is that we take them, we develop them, we sell them onto profit because that's the best way Burn are going to generate finances in a league where they don't generate very high attendances. Really, as, so as, when a, the as a fan, in, are you are you are you happy with that as a as a kind of a a way forward for the club that you? you know, I think it's the play. best way to do it. Yeah. Because you, you've got to think about the area we're competing in. You've got Derby up the road, Forest up the road, Birmingham's in the other direction. The Stoke clubs are in the same county. It's really the kind of club at the minute that if you're not from the area, you don't support. And I suppose that's just the way it is. There's much more established sides in this region. We've only been a football league club now for 13 years, I think it is, we're coming up to now. Our 13 yeah. season. We've done a lot in those 13 years, admittedly, but you know, we we can't compete with the attendances of other teams in the area. There's a lot of work done in the community to get people in Burton upon Trent, especially supporting Burton Albion and not your Liverpools and your Manchester United's and your Manchester Cities and all that. So there's a lot of work done that in the long term. But I think if we're not going to be able to generate the match day income that other clubs can, we need to find finances elsewhere and sellable players is certainly a way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you mentioned one uh, one player that you've signed. Uh, any more signings that you made in the January transfer window? Yeah, there's been a couple of good ones. Um, we've made one of our centre-backs, Sam Hughes, permanent. He'd been on loan the first half of last season and was essentially keeping that defence together in what was a, a team down the bottom of the league. And it was no coincidence that when he picked up a very nasty injury that ruled out his season, we started shipping a lot of goals, which led to Jake Buxton's departure and Jimmy Ford Hasselbank coming in. And he rejoined in the summer, mainly because the chairman was such a big fan of him. And he's finally come back to fitness since the turn of the year. And he's just gone back to doing what he does before. He's, he's such a dependable defender, a real man-mountain of a presence at the back, big set-piece threat as well. And he's now been bought from Leicester City permanently, so he's ours now for a longer period. Fantastic. Um, I mean, in terms of players to watch then, who, who do we need to look out for without the likes of Jebison and O'Connor this, this weekend? I don't really know. It's, it's difficult to pick a star man now. When you, the, two, the, the two you would have gone to, certainly with that. Um, one to bring up is probably Johnny Smith. One of the wingers brought him from Bristol City last January. Um, he's the most direct runner in the team. He is always forwards. He's very quick, very agile. Hasn't played that much recently, partly due to the system we play, not really making the best use out of wingers. So he's been a bit more of a substitute striker at times. But if he features, he's absolutely a threat coming in off the right-hand side onto his left foot. Um, we're a team that has a very big set-piece threat. Probably not scored as many as we actually could at the minute. So there's a lot of set piece threat in people like Connor Shaughnessy and um, Sam Hughes and John Brayford, who are all big attacking presences from corners and set pieces. I'll probably say we're more a threat from set pieces than open play at the moment. I think we're one of the few sides that probably are. And a big part of that, and I'd probably say the star man at the minute, is Joe Powell, one of our attacking midfielders who came in from West Ham two years ago now, I think it would have been. He's. Now, now, especially Tom O'Connor's gone, he is the prime creator in this team, the most technical player. Very good goal scorer, can get into shots on the edge of the box. Very good carrying the ball through midfield as well or down either flank. If we are going to do anything in the second half of the season, I would definitely say he's the one who's going to have an impact on that. Okay. Now, before I get on to, obviously, the game at the weekend and you know, our recent uh, recent meetings as well, um, Obviously, what's your form like so far this season? I know you've spoke about the the win against uh, against Lincoln on Saturday. I know you didn't we've, have. We've had a pretty a good month. Game, but... Yeah, we've had a pretty good month. It's been more favourable, certainly in terms of fixtures compared to this February. We've got where we've got you, we've got Portsmouth, we've got Sunderland, we've got Ipswich, we've got Bolton. It's a horrible month coming up, to be honest. But yeah. since the turn of the year, um, we kicked it off with a thaw one win of a crew, drew with Cheltenham. Uh, one away at Gillingham, one away at Lincoln, narrow defeat right at the end to MK Dons as well. So it's been. Definitely a more positive month that's helped us get up into this top position. But I think this upcoming month is going to show us we end up in that stay 10th or not, really. It's a nasty run of trips coming up for us next. Yeah, I mean, obviously, this is that the first meeting between us and uh, yourself so far this season. Obviously, we're supposed to play each other on um, Boxing Day. Oh, that's, mm-hmm. I know that's been rescheduled for a, for a couple of weeks. Obviously, we'll come to the Pirelli Stadium first. Um as you probably know, and you, you probably don't need me to remind you, we've never beaten you so far ever um, mm. in the in the four meetings that we've that we've had two draws and and two defeats. Obviously, hopefully we can change that uh, that record this this weekend. I mean, last last time we came to the Prelly Stadium, it ended in a a one one draw. A goal. Oh, I was at that game. I remember it. Yeah, a goal from yeah. Gary Hooper uh, cancelled out by a goal in the second half by 
Who? Joe Mason. He'd only just come on. It was about 40 seconds after he came on, the equalised, and it was the only goal he got for us as well. That wasn't a good loan <laughs> spell. That was a bad signing. No. Yeah, that was I mean, the one thing he did, to be honest. I mean, just looking at the, the side that we put out, I mean, Barry Bannon, the only survivor from from that side, um, and Jack Hunt, but Jack Hunt's left and then come back come back again. But, you know, the only one would be Liam Palmer, who was on the on the bench that day. I mean, your, your keeper that day, known to us, former Owl, Stephen Bywater. Oh, Bywater. <laughs> he, he, he shouldn't have played that season. Oh, <laughs> it, I'm, I'm sure he's had a great career, Bywater, but at that point, it, he was done. Yeah, it was not, that, that was one of the big it. mistakes and part of the reasons for the relegation, really. We just had a keeper who was just a madness. A amount of times he just came flying out of his box, getting nowhere near the ball. <laughs> I think we shipped the most goals in the league that season, and he was a big part of that. There were a lot of mistakes made. Yeah, of course. I mean, how do you uh, how do you see us then? Uh, and any of our players pose you any any threats that you've looked at? I mean, Bannon's the obvious one, really. He's the eye catch one. I remember I saw you guys quite a few times in the championship, and Bannon's always the one who stands out partly because of the amount of touch he gets on the ball, but that's because of the quality he has. Those, his vision, his distribution, it's such a key part of the Sheffield Wednesday team. He's, a, he's one of the players, and there's a few of them in this league that I just think shouldn't be in League One level. He yeah. really shouldn't, and it, it's not right seeing him down it, really. Yeah. Massive assets, Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, it's, it's funny, actually. We have our, our debate show in midweek, and one of the one of the questions was, do we do we rest Barry Bannon? Which I'm sure will be music to your to your ears. He has had a few yes, poor, yes, yeah, poor performances <laughs> uh, uh, in recent in recent weeks. But you know, as people were quite uh, you know rightly pointed out, whenever we speak to you know fans from other clubs, he's the first person that everyone uh, everyone picks out as as our as our star man. Um, I mean, how do you see this uh, this weekend going? Uh, you know, in terms of, you know, where coming to your place. I mean, you'd, you'd, you know, not saying that we're obviously we are a big club and things like that, but where you sat in the league, tenth, it's not exactly a, a game that you're thinking, oh, a point will be a, a good result. I'm sure you'd be going out there to get all three, won't you, on Saturday? Yeah, well, what normally happens now because it's the second half of the season is I can talk about the first game, but we haven't had a first game yet, so <laughs> yeah. we've, I've, I haven't seen Sheffield Wednesday in action yet. And I think trying to cover them for the podcast we do, I think you're the toughest team to judge in this league because I looked at the squad list and I just I just go, wow. But it just hasn't translated. You mentioned yourself, the amount of injury. So it feels like just the Wednesday don't really lose that many, but they just keep dropping points in key moments. I think about some of the games we've had so far this season, that's hold them back from being in those really top spots. So I'm definitely aware of the quality we've got here. Um, you mentioned the fact we haven't lost to yet. I think the main reason for that is because we've only played you four times. You know, the longer yeah. we keep playing, it's a bit like we still haven't lost to Bolton yet. We play them on the 15th. That could end at that point. So the longer you keep facing them in the same league, the better the chance of that coming to an end at some point. Um, I definitely feel confident we could take something. We've been a lot better at home than we have on the road recently, even with a couple of away wins so far this season. Um, I would definitely... I'm in the take a draw stage because I'm aware of who we're up against at, the, at this point. But like I say, I just don't really know what to expect with Sheffield Wednesday because I... We should have played you by now, but I really have no idea. We've got to wait till the first of March, that Hillsborough game, haven't we? Yeah, of course. Yeah, uh, which is end, which is I think the end of a, a crazy run of fixtures for us. And same for us as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in terms of like style of play, what what sort of style of play are we to be expecting on on Saturday from yourselves? Is it something that's kind of a bit pretty much of a constant throughout the season, or does it does it change depending on the uh, the opponents that you come up against? Well, that's the thing. Partly for me, this whole season has kind of felt a bit like a preseason. In terms of trying to find an effective formation, an effective style, effective personnel, we had a lot of arrivals in the summer window. And I guess it was kind of just testing the waters to see what could work as we make that transition from being a relegation butler into a comfortable mid-table side with long-term ambitions getting up towards the top. And I think it's only really since the turn of the year that we've found quite an effective system in this 3-4-1-2 we play, which has got our club captain, John Braithwaite, at the base in a kind of quarterback role in possession and then doing what he does best defensively, which is last-ditch defending, making key blocks, interceptions and tackles to get in the way of the ball. Um, you know, again, we, we've got the issue where we're going to do it now without Jebison there, so we'll have to see what the new front line, whether that's Christian Sadie, could be Gasson Ahadmi or Louis Moult, who both haven't found the net yet, although Louis Moult's only recently just come back from a long-term injury himself. We're not pretty on the eye. I'm, I'm not going to close around saying the style of football it isn't great there's I think we've had some pretty high highs and some pretty low lows we've had a number of defeats I remember going to Wigan being one of them actually where they just passed it round it was just like a training session for them they went a goal up we went down to 10 men losing Johnny Smith 
and it was probably the easiest win we're going to have had all season. We didn't even put a shot on goal. We went to MK Dons and then they put a shot on goal. And I think since then we've kind of improved. We've definitely found a way now to get our wing backs forward a lot more in possession, which has been a big part of us creating attacking chances. Now you'll see that with one of our new signings, Williams Kokolo on the left wing back role. Now had a very good game against Lincoln. He's a very dynamic player. I've got a bit of a showboat about him as well, but very forward thinking player. We need it in that position. So yeah, we're not very good in the eye. Um, we're definitely a team that makes better use of set pieces than probably open play chances. Yeah, but we're more than comfortable of taking a battle to any team. I would say, good stuff. Now, um, I think the the most important question, obviously, for those making the relatively short uh, trip down to to Burton this weekend, obviously those that are arriving a bit early, as we as we do for most away games, where's the best place to go for a pre match pint? Uh, what's it called? There's a place. It's called the Beach, I believe it is. It's a little bit away from the stadium, a little bit further up Derby Road. It's an away pub. You'll find away fans in there every single game. I, it's definitely called the beach. I'm sure it is. I, I don't normally go up that direction itself, but it's a little bit up the road. You'll see it clearly seen. It's a white building on the side of the road. The beach pub would be the place to go, certainly for away fans. Fantastic. I mean, you've already mentioned you think it's going to be a draw. I'll nail it down to a score prediction then. Is it going to be a, a boring nil-nil or is it going to be a score draw? We like one-ones, don't we? <laughs> Sheffield Wednesday Burton. Should we go with another one of those? I'm 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 really curious to see how this goes. Really, I um unfortunately won't be at this game. I've having to save a couple of Saturdays off to pay for the trips down to Portsmouth, Ipswich, and Sunderland we've got coming up. But I will do the one at Hillsborough later in the season. Um, yeah, I, I fancy us to get something from this. I think it could be a draw, which probably will be a better result for us than you. I'd probably have to say, given your ambitions at the moment. Fantastic. Now, before we just uh, move on to Adam and talk about the Wigan game, where, where can where can we find you on you know the podcast and social media channels, etc. Yeah, you can find me on my, my Twitter account, which is Edward underscore W97, all lowercase. I have quite a high focus on the lower leagues, especially League Two at the moment. I get very involved in that, but there's a lot of Burton talk on there as well whenever I'm at games. And then the podcast I'm involved with is called D3 Diesel Football. We provide coverage to the lower leagues of English football that we just don't think mainstream media provides. So our focus is going through the games every Sunday morning, straight away after the matches, go through League One, go through League Two, talk about the teams, the ambitions for the clubs, talk about certain players that have caught our eye as well. And we have quite a podcast thing where we find that we make a podcast and because we do it Sunday morning, we record, put the podcast out and then someone gets sacked. So right after talking about a manager who might be struggling, if we give our opinion about whether we think he'll last or not, they end up losing the job. <laughs> it's just so typical of us. It's all good fun. Fantastic, excellent, Ed. Thank you very much for uh, for joining. I'm just going to uh, bring Adam in. Uh, Adam, uh, how are you, mate? You all right? Yeah, very very well, thanks. Yeah, that was um, really interesting listening to the Burton perspective there, and uh, it seems like the 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 like the chairman and the dreaded vote of confidence, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it, it does. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, uh, hopefully, he's not they're not talking about Darren Moore, although saying that for some of the fans might might quite like him to talk about that Darren Moore. Yeah, well, I, I'm pretty safe in the... I, I don't think Liam Richardson is going to be leaving this season, so... <laughs> yeah, of, of course. Now, Adam, um, obviously, first off, we'll, we'll start off with a, a bit of history. Obviously, like Burton, you had, you know, success pretty quickly and found yourself in, in the Premier League, you know, early 90s, you're in Division 3, which is now League 2. Fast forward 10 years and then you're in the Premier League in, 2000, you know, in 2005. I mean, since then, it's been up and down, you know, a yo-yo club, as you will, you know, four relegations and two promotions in the last nine, ten years. Um, I'm sure you don't need reminding of uh, of that. I mean, those those Premier League years, you had what a side you had as well. Some of the, I mean, some of the players that you that you had, you know, Emil Heskey, Ben, Jimmy Bullard, Nathan Ellington. I mean, I can go on. I'm sure I've missed loads of loads of players there. But that were the like like as we always talk about the glory years. Is that is that the same for Wigan fans? Yeah, I mean, for me, the glory years. I mean, I started watching Wigan Athletic when we were right at the bottom of the football pyramid, pretty much. We were, we were on our way down. We looked like we were going out of the league. We got in the league in 78. Uh, we had some reasonable years and then money dried up. We were really struggling. And then Dave Wheeling came in in 1995 and he said, within 10 years, Wigan Athletic are going to be playing in the Premier League in a brand new 25,000 stadium. And everyone laughed at him. 
Well, he was spot on. And it was, for me, the journey The journey was the thing. Getting there to the Premier League, that first game against Chelsea, it felt like kind of um, the end of the first part of our journey. 25,000 in there against the league champions, Crestball scoring in the last minute. And then, you know, we were second in the league uh, in November after winning six matches in a row. Like we had a player in the team of the season that no one had heard of, I don't think, Pascal Chimbonda, and no one had heard of him before that season. It was yeah. just unbelievable. And then, of course, we had the Carling Cup final in Wales. Um, we had the the last-minute survivals, and uh, that went on. And then, obviously, that culminated in under Martinez, the FA Cup win in 2013, which Wigan fans never talk about, of course. Uh, we don't like, don't, like, don't like to talk about that. Well, we used, to, we, we used to talk about the 91 League Cup win, so uh, you, you winning in 2013 is definitely, uh, talk about it <laughs> yeah, all you want. Yeah, yeah. well, of course, that season, it was really tough for us. And then, you know, we, put, we had to play Arsenal uh, two days after the Cup final and we lost 4-1 and we, we got relegated that night. Uh, had a good first season in the championship. We played 62 games and still nearly went up. Obviously had a European tour, which was just absolute madness. Going Seeing 4,000 Wiganers in Bruges was just weird. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's funny when you talk about that. We, I mean, we had Graham Kavanagh on the on the podcast, did an interview with him, and, and he spoke about his time at Wigan, uh, and he, he spoke about the, the game, against, um, game against Man United. I think, I don't know if it was in the in the cup uh, did you play him in the cup final he did didn't you yeah we lost 4-0 yeah yeah he played him in the cup final and then um, and then they played I think you played him again the following the following week and he said that yeah. uh, everyone had a bit of a wager they'd all chucked 50 quid in the pot and um, first person to 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 give him a good hiding in, in the game wins <laughs> wins the pot and uh, he said he, he said well why not I'm playing centre mid I've got a good chance of getting him so they kicked off he said Rooney passed it to Giggs. Giggs clipped it forward to Ronaldo. He chested it, and I can't remember his name, but one of your, one of the defenders. Ariane Dazu, it was. That was it. Just about, absolutely yeah. clattered him and got a yellow card for it. And that was it. He, uh, he took home the yeah. uh, he took the five hundred five hundred quid, and uh, and that and that was it. So that was a uh, that was a... that was the spirit though in the team, you know. And um, yeah, since then it's been up and down, as you say. Um, I mean, we, we had some great times under Gary Caldwell in League One. We got promoted. That's the year, obviously, that you know Wigan and Burton going head-to-head pretty much all season. Um, Wigan were like the the sort of the, the hold-up horse in the Grand National, really, just sort of finally coming up at the towards the end of the season. Uh, I remember a fantastic day at Burton, uh, the one-all the one all draw, uh, the, the evening kickoff, great atmosphere. Got the title that season. Um, then we came straight straight back down again. Then Paul Cook got promoted. Took his time, but he built what I would say is it was an excellent championship side with some real top players. Uh, took a while for them to gel. Uh, we secured our... Uh, we started slowly that season, uh, but we were the second best side in the league in points tally in the second half of the season. But of course... We got put into administration with nine games to go in the season, got the points deduction. We did our best to get back. We just couldn't quite do it. And then last season was hell. I mean, it was. I'd, I'd still think to this day that staying in that league last season was a bigger achievement than winning the FA Cup. Really? Because it, 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 Liam Richardson says to us, he said, this year my headache is who to leave out. He said, last season had no idea who was going to be there on a Saturday morning. Uh, he said he had no no chairman, no uh, no physio, no sports science department. You know, the, the youth team coach had stepped up to help out. You know, they didn't have anything, essentially. And somehow, <laughs> somehow we managed to get a few journeymen in. A fantastic academy, some fantastic academy players came through. Um, and also we did Burton a favour because I think, was it, did Wigan end Buxton's reign? I think, yeah, yeah. We in a in a remarkable four three game. It's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it, and 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 obviously it's typical Wigan because 
five players at the start of the season going into um, end of July, all of us were saying, look, let's just have a, a stable season here. You know, let, let's calm ourselves down. Let's consolidate. But I'll tell you what, after a couple of games, I was looking at the team and I thought, this team's got a chance here. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's got a chance. It's, it's gelling already. Yeah. I mean, uh, you've already mentioned him there, Liam Richardson, obviously your manager. I mean, he had a caretaker spell and obviously now he's got the, the job permanently. I mean, what was the noise like when he was, was, when he was appointed? I mean, are you happy with what he's doing? A pretty, pretty silly question, really. It seems like he sat second with about, what, three, four games in hand over over the top guys but yeah you, what, what was it like when he was appointed because he was a bit of a unknown really weren't it to be fair yeah so what what happened was um, obviously at the start of the season we needed to get a team together I think Liam Richardson he was the only one really that stayed around now he wasn't the manager for the first um, sort of 12-14 matches of the season we had John Sheridan as we know, uh, we know him quite well. Yeah, better player than manager, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. um, now, I think he, I think Liam Richardson saw it as too big a job to do all that recruitment of basically free transfers. Didn't maybe have the connections that Sheridan did, so we just had to get a team on the pitch. But he wasn't very good with our youngsters, Sheridan. He didn't seem to have a clue what to do in terms of formation. We lost to, uh, we were leading 2-0 against Charlie in the FA Cup and we ended up getting knocked out 3-2. And then Sheridan Sheridan went, as you quite rightly said, Liam Richardson became the caretaker manager. And you know what, he couldn't lose really because, you know, we were we were in a dire situation. He somehow managed to get a tune out of some really promising young players. Uh, and as I said, the few journeymen who came in and did a real good job, he obviously motivated them. They were players that hadn't really done anything in the last sort of three, four years, but managed to motivate them. So when the new owners came in, in March, within two or three weeks, uh, even before we'd secured safety, Liam Richardson got the job. And I would say it was 100%. It's very rare that you have 100%. There would not have been one Wigan fan who didn't want Liam Richardson as manager. He's already elevated. Bearing in mind, we've got Roberto Martinez, who's won the cup. Paul Jewell, who pretty much took us up through the leagues. Uh, Paul Cook, who did a did a great job. I'd already, I think Liam Richardson's already close to being the greatest manager in our history, and even more so. We go down even more so in history because he just just the way that fate goes. He just completed a, a first aid refresher. Charlie White collapsed in training. Hmm. Liam Richardson was there on the scene. Basically, his intervention probably saved his life. You know, so it, it's it's just unbelievable how, how things work out. And he just comes across as such a such a you know nice guy, very honest. Um, last season's kit, so level-headed. He lost it after one. I think it was our third five-nil win at home, uh, a five-nil defeat. Sorry, at home, which you know in any season that's bad. And I think he just kind of was a bit defeatist after that game. But somehow he went home, recharged the batteries, freshened up and then got us going again. You know, and and, and he's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Good with the good with the media, good with the fans, and clearly very good with the players. Yeah, I mean I'm just looking at your recent form. It's incredible really. Twenty seven points from your last eleven games, you know, out of a possible what, thirty three. I mean, is there anything that's contributed to that? I mean you've not lost since what, the end of October, I think that was against uh, against Lincoln, which is seems ages ago. Yeah, um, 
Well, I think it's helped that, that we haven't played any home games on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, because that's... basically we've only lost four games all season and three of them were at home on a Tuesday night. That one of them was against us, which I'll remind yeah, you against... later on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, to be honest, I mean, the, you say the recent form's been good, but we haven't really had a, we haven't had a bad spell yet. Now, you'd expect that it is going to come at some point but we haven't had it as yet. So it's hard to say really what, what have we improved? I don't know. I don't think, I think we've just become a little bit of a kind of a win machine in a way where we're, we're just somehow getting over the line and winning games. I'd say that's where we've been for the last sort of eight to 10 matches. If you look, if you look at it, most of the wins have been by a goal yeah. in recent times. Lot of two, um, lot of two up, ones in, in yeah. There. Up until the Cheltenham game, it was a dead cert on the uh, betting slate to have uh, Wigan to win, both teams to score. Wigan and <laughs> Wigan haven't kept a clean sheet since October as well. Um, I think our better performances really were earlier in the season. Uh, I mean, obviously the four 0 win at Bolton, um, but we put a couple of what I'd say really good solid performances in when we won it. Oxford and Plymouth. I wouldn't say it was like classic, but we got the job done against two very good sides. Um, obviously, the Burton game was mentioned before, but it it was over as a contest really after the sending off, which is a bit of a soft one, I guess, really. But to be honest, I, I'm not saying I'm not sort of someone who um, is expects too much from my team, but I would say that to be honest. The home games haven't really brought that much in the way of excitement this season for Wigan. Funny enough, the, the game, the Sheffield Wednesday game was was a good game, particularly late on because it, it, it there was there was something on the game and it was a battle. Uh, and the, the other night against Oxford, the second half, we, you know, we we got that momentum going and we should have really won the game, but. I just think home games, teams tend to come to defend. You know, we're, we're not a side who's going to go and turn them over in, in, in that sense. And I just don't, I just enjoy our away performances so much more. I think we're just set up for winning away from home, you know, with the, the players that we've got in our in our ranks. So, yeah, the, the, the form on paper is, is excellent. The performances, I would say, have been good, but not excellent, you know. So, we're... I don't know if that means would you an excellent performance or would you a defeat? <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking on um, on fixtures and what have you. I mean, I mentioned at you know at the top that you've you know, you've you've only played twenty six games. You know, Rotherham have played twenty eight. Sunderland have played twenty nine. I mean, we've only played twenty eight as well. Are you are you worried about fixture congestion? Because I mean, we're playing Tuesday, Saturday, all the way through this month. Um, you've got another two games to fit in somewhere. So is that not a concern for you? Well, you've got to bear in mind as well that, as it currently stands, we are still in two cup competitions as well. Yeah. So, so we got to we got to Stoke on Saturday, which meant I think we're one of only two or three teams who don't have a fixture this week. Uh, so we've got to catch that game up. So we've got yourselves. Then we play on the Saturday against Charlton, who are picking up form. Then we're at home to Crew. Then on that's on a Tuesday. Then on the Friday away at Rotherham. Then on the Tuesday away at Wickham. And then on the Saturday at home to Sunderland. So that's February for you. So you say we're basically playing three of the top four there and and yourselves who are side in decent form at Hillsborough and Charlton who are in decent form. Pretty much back to back with no rest. And we've also got the Stoke game in there as well you know, in the FA Cup on Saturday. So it's tough, but we have got a squad. You know, this is the test of the squad. This is to see, are they up to the challenge? Um, you know, I, I've got belief in them. Obviously, the, the manager clearly has. Well, I don't think we're going to put on champagne performances for the rest of the season, but I think, you know, we seem to find a way to do it. Um, and we've got some good personnel in there who know how to win. They're experienced, uh, good solid spine of the team. So um, yeah, I mean, clearly it's not ideal, 
but there are a lot of other sides as well who have to play games, you know. So, you know, like yourselves, you know, the two less, but it's still a lot of games to play. And there are other sides who have a lot of games to play and don't have the luxury maybe of having the squad that we have. So I think it evens itself out a bit really in, in that in that sense. We've got a big enough squad to be able to hopefully handle that. Yeah, I mean, you, you alluded to the uh, return fixture, obviously one of the four games that uh, that you've lost so far this season. Am, am I right in saying one of your uh, good friends is a, is, is a Wednesday fan as well, is that right? Yeah, Kevin Carpenter, yeah. So he give you give you a bit of stick, did he that uh, that night? Yeah, well, we went we went to the game uh, together. Obviously, sat in dif- uh, sat in different stands. Um, yeah, a little bit, but I think he was also he, he kind of said certainly second half. He said Wigan probably edged it in the second half, and he's a fur fan, Kevin. Really. Um, yeah, I mean, so for, for for me, the assessment on that game was you know we we probably did a job on you in in a certain sense and just stopped you from playing. Um, we, I think we changed our style to, to suit, not well, to to like play against you and not play like the free flowing football that we, that we tried to play in you know the early part of the season. It was a bit more like you said earlier. It was a bit more of a battle. I mean, you gave us a helping hand with the own goal, which was probably like I've mentioned a few times. If you had own goals and gaffs DVDs, it would have certainly it would have certainly been on there because it was a it was a fantastic own goal, which which put us on as well. Yeah, and uh, and also then the mistake from Jack Watmore, who's been one of our best players at the back this season. And, yeah, and it was a decent uh, yeah decent finish from from Callum Patterson. You know, it hit it into the ground and what have you. I don't know how much of that was fortuitous. I'm, only he'll be able to tell us, but you know he said so far this you know it's one of one of the better goals that is uh, that is scored. I mean, just looking at the at the side that played that played then for us, it's going to be a, a very much a, a change side. You know, Iofa, Adenaran, Dunkley, Gregory, Wing, and Brown all started that game, and I can well Wing's definitely got not going to play because he's not even here anymore, <laughs> but. Oh, I'd probably say all of those won't be playing on uh, on Tuesday night down to. Uh, down to injuries now um i mean in terms of like i said what what, what were your um assessment of, of that game you said that um you know you said that you, you probably shaded the second half but were you disappointed to lose that game yeah i mean maybe we could have had a point we definitely didn't deserve to win possibly deserved a point i mean i thought sheffield wednesday i didn't Go to the Lincoln game at home. They beat us. Um, I thought MK Dons were very good against us. But I'll probably say overall this season, Sheffield Wednesday, the best side that we've played. Um, bizarrely, another really good side, which you wouldn't say, oh, which I thought was superb, but Morecambe. I thought Morecambe were a really good side. It's funny um, you say that. I, we, we've just played them and beat them 2-0, and I thought they were awful. They were... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> they, came, they came to Hillsborough the first time they'd been to Hillsborough, and it was just literally defence against the tackle. Yeah. It, like tr- it was like a training game. Maybe, the very, the maybe if, when they're at home, they were a much better side at home. Well, but they, be- I thought they were they were pretty good, really. But in terms of quality and being able to break us down, uh, and also being very solid, I thought Sheffield Wednesday were a side, and I thought at that stage that we kind of. You know, we 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 had a sort of a nine point head start or something at that stage, but I thought you were you'd have grounded out and, and got that down. But bizarrely, it sort of like kind of went the other way in, to a sense. It, it it just got very inconsistent for Sheffield Wednesday, whereas Wigan got very consistent, particularly away from home. I mean, it's a remarkable record, no defeats since the opening day, and only two sides in that time have taken points off as Cape. Uh, Cambridge and Cheltenham, the two promoted sides from last year. Yes, I mean, so, d- does that like obviously going into the? I mean, you've got you, you said you've got Stoke in in the FA Cup on Saturday, which is a bit of a bit of a free hit, I suppose. Um, and then obviously you come to Hillsborough on Tuesday. Does the fact that your away form is so good give you a bit of um, I won't say hope because obviously you sit second in the in the league, but you know the fact that we came to your place and beat you, you perhaps could be a bit a little bit cautious of us. But then again, you, you travel well on the on the road. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Uh, and I think, you know, bigger games, I think, suit our, our team as well because Sheffield Wednesday's fans are not going to allow them to sit back and soak up. So I suspect that they've got to push forward and uh, and certainly um, that gives us the opportunity on the break. Um, 
we've not got a very good record there recently. I don't know if we're coming on to that in a moment. I don't want to steal, uh, mess up your agenda. I've, I've not but, got that one down there, but go on, tell us. Yeah, well, I don't know the eight, but I don't think we, I don't think we've won at Sheffield Wednesday since a three 0 win. I think back in about two thousand and fourteen. Let's think. let's have a look. Uh, yeah, in the in the championship, yeah. So other than that, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the, you've beat us uh, you've, in recent recent years. You've beat us twice, but both been at uh, at your place. But yeah, for a three 0 win on the eleventh of Feb two thousand fourteen. So it's going to be a re- pretty much around. Yeah, that and that was an interesting one because I don't know if you remember that was the game. I remember coming down on the sixteenth of December, and it was horrendous weather, and it got abandoned. <laughs> Yeah, James McLean, who will be playing on Saturday after making his return, uh, he scored after about 20 minutes, leading 1-0, and then the first kick of the second half, the ball didn't move more than a centimetre. So I rushed back to the car, so I want, I need to get him all here and have walk to it night. So it wasn't a great, it wasn't a great evening. Oh, is it right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we've, uh, well, that's we've got good, one player that's a good sign then from that, uh, for us then. Um, I mean, we, we know. players are leaving, aren't they? And uh, our players are injured. Well, James McLean, you mentioned him, so I'm guessing he's going to be playing on, uh, on Tuesday, hopefully. Yeah, he loves the away games and, uh, if I was you, I'd tell your Sheffield Wednesday fans not to wind him up because if you wind him up, he gets better. <laughs> Brilliant. Another one, another that you've mentioned actually, you know, that, that uh, made a mistake when we played you at your place, Jack Watmore. Um, you know, it's 25 appearances so far this season. Has he been, looks like he's been pretty solid for you. Absolute quality, a uh, really good player. Um, those two, the two arrivals from Portsmouth, uh, Watmore and Naylor have been exceptional. Um, McLean, obviously, I mean, he is a he's a championship player. Um, the the one that's come through that certainly you'd look out for, and is the one that when we've interviewed current players, they think will go right to the top is Callum Lang. Uh, he's just got everything in his game. You know, he's got a good touch. He's strong now. Um, he can finish. And where does he play? Uh, he, he'll either play just off the front, number ten because Will Keane's injured, or he could play on the right. He finished the game on the right the other day. So I think at Hillsborough, we might go a bit more solid in midfield. Uh, rather than playing like a proper number 10, we'll probably play three centre midfielders with maybe max power trying to get forward. And that'll then, it'll probably then be uh, McLean on one side, on the left and Lang on the other with... Probably McGuinness, uh, but it could be Humphreys as well, you know, because we just brought McGuinness in from uh, Hull in the transfer window. Good stuff. I mean, I, I was I was just going to come on to like um, your, your injury concerns and the and the transfer window, but it seems like you just mentioned about like the formation that you're playing. Is you know what what sort of style of play and formation are we to be expecting? Is it something that's been you've you've stuck at throughout the course of the season, or like an assistant, you know, Ed from? For the Burton team, you know, is it something that you, that you do change week on week out? Yeah, he's flexible. He's very flexible, Liam Richardson. So he doesn't seem to mind if it's uh, three centre backs, two wing backs, or two centre backs, and uh, obviously normal full backs. I think if I was to say what is his favourite formation, um, it's probably the uh, the four, two, three. One, I think I got that right. Does that add up? Yeah, the four-two-three. Yeah, four, well, we we started off playing that this at the start of the season. We we've gone to a three-five-two now. So uh, yeah, so yeah. Well, it, it, it's I think he's flexible because of personnel. I mean, we've got four centre backs that I think you could play all four, of, um, not in the same game. But what I mean is interchangeably, and it doesn't really weaken you that much. So that does give us an option to play three. We've got like James McLean can play wing back if you need him to. He even played fullback the other night, so he's very versatile. Um, Tom Pierce, the guy who came from Leeds, just signed a new contract, but he's injured as well at the moment. I don't think he'll be back in time. So yeah, it's a bit. It's we're missing a few players now, and I suspect we'll miss more. But we have brought some players in. You know, as I said, you know, um, Josh McGuinness has come in. Uh, Graham Shinney from Derby, which is obviously a very, um, you know, experienced, experienced player. 
Um, Curtis Till to sign permanently. I actually forgot about him the other day on the transfer window podcast, simply because this is the fourth transfer window he's now signed for us three <laughs> times on three three times on loan, and finally a permanent transfer from from Rotherham. So uh, th- that must be getting close to a record. <laughs> Probably, it sounds like it. Definitely, four consecutive. Uh, We've got Raya in from Luton, the midfielder, who's played played forty two games in the championship last year. And I guess the one is is quite exciting is McGrath, who's come down from St. Mirren. He's a Republic of Ireland international. Um I suspect he'll be in the squad on Saturday. Probably won't start, but you know, he's clearly somebody who uh, James McLean will know quite well. Maybe he was gonna mentor him. Um, and you know if if he can have the career James McLean's had with the Republic of Ireland, he's gonna he's gonna do really well. The only outgoing was actually Jordan Jones, who, funny enough, was I thought the best player when he came on against Sheffield Wednesday. <laughs> he kind of ch- changed the game on the when he came on the wing, but he's not re- it's not really worked for him. So he's he's gone the other way. He's gone to St Mirren on loan, and we signed McGrath permanently. Yeah, I mean. In terms of um, like injury concerns, obviously you've already mentioned Will Keane, who who's gonna gonna miss out. Uh, you mentioned a few others as well. I mean, you mentioned Charlie White as well. How, how much have you missed Charlie White? Obviously, you know we hope uh, he's all he's all well and everything and recovering well. But it, how how much have you missed his his goals that he can that he can give you? Yeah, not just his goals though. Um, I mean. <laughs> Some, but you often get this, don't you, from opposition fans. When a player leaves, they're not much, are they? You know, not much of a player when they leave. Yeah. Yeah. It, look at his numbers last season. You know, he was the second top scorer, I think, in the league behind the, um, what's he called? Clark Harris, I think. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> can't be that bad. But then they said, all he is is a goal scorer. And it was all Aidan McGeady. Well, when he came in, I actually thought, He's more of a, a link-up striker. He does all the work and brings everyone else into the game. And he's not scoring goals. But as time went on, he started to score. Just unfortunately, when you know he he, he, he collapsed, he, he was probably in the middle of his best period of the season in goal-scoring terms. You know, he was starting to get going. You could easily have seen him hitting, you know, maybe getting close to 20 goals. And I think we've missed him because he's the best link striker that we have as well. So maybe Sunderland didn't play to his full potential. You know, yeah. maybe they just thought, well, let's just launch it in the box to him and see what he can do. But his, his link-up play outside of the box was superb. So, I mean, if you're missing Wyke and Keane, you know, that is a big blow. But we do have personnel in the squad. You know, we've got some good young players, sort of uh, fringe players who will play cup games and the odd league game. Uh, Tello Asgard's one to look out for. Um, he's always the scorer of great goals. He scored the winner against Blackburn in the last round of the Cup. Um, he scored a last-minute winner in the league match against Shrewsbury. And he, he he's one of those players, he's just got something about him, a bit of class about him. Um, Norwegian, already a Norwegian on the 21 international. I'm not saying he's going to be Haaland, but he's uh, he's a decent... And he's a scouser as well, which is really odd. When you, you, you say Norwegian on the tw- uh, 21s, but he's a scouser. So. <laughs> That's, yeah, a strange one there. I mean, just, just before we go on to like, um, you know, score predictions, etc. I mean, how, how would you... How would you describe Sheffield Wednesday? What's your, what's your thoughts on us? I know you've touched on it briefly uh, earlier on, but what you know, going into this game, what's uh, what's your thoughts on us? Yeah, it's an interesting one, Sheffield Wednesday. Obviously, clearly a massive, massive club in this league. Um, you know, Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland, it's, I'd see as the two two biggest clubs in in this league in terms of history, fan base, Ipswich to an extent as well. But yeah, I mean, I didn't think because of last season and the upheaval, I didn't think that they would kind of walk the league. But I do, I did sort of think that they'd be a top six side. Now, it looks like at the moment they still could be a top six side, but I accidentally stumbled, I don't know if it was your podcast, so if it was a rival podcast, I do apologise, but I stumbled across a podcast a few weeks ago. I think it was just because Kevin must have been in the podcast listening to it. It was on Twitter. Um, and the debate that day was about 
Darren Moore in or out. And I just find it quite strange because, to be honest, I thought it would be way too early. Um, I think he would, he'd lost the first game in 12, 13, I think, at the time. So for me, they're, they're kind of a side that are almost there, uh, could go on a really good run. I mean, as much as he wasn't very much liked by the Wigan fans, I think Windass is a good player, personally. Um, but a bad attitude at Wigan. I think he thought he was bigger than the club, which never adheres yourself to the fans. But I do think there's a bit of quality in there. I don't know whether Wednesday have seen it yet, but I think as um, he won't score you loads and loads of goals, but he'll score you some goals. And I think he does a lot of other good things for the team. So I know he was injured early on, so he's back, isn't even playing. Well, it was, but he went off against more oh, than injured. So he's one of the 10 players that were uh, that were probably going to be without on uh, uh, on Tuesday. So, yeah. He's running scared, isn't he? He's, 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 he's worried that... Uh, <laughs> then again, there's no, I don't think we've got anybody left from when he... Oh, we've got a couple of players left from when he was with us, but obviously most of them have, uh, have gone. Obviously, you've got two yourself, haven't you, in... Dunkley and Windass. Um, who both won't be playing that, by the way, because they are both, they are both injured. Yeah, so it won't, be, it won't be any sort of uh, reunion then, will it? <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not really, no. Um, I mean, just before I get onto the prediction then, so I've just got, got one question. On a scale of one to ten, how much does it annoy you when you're referred to a rugby sitter or rugby town? Yeah. Well, you've just promoted, if you'd have promoted us to a city, that's... <laughs> Sorry, rugby um, town, yeah. It does because it's to be honest, it's wrong. It it isn't a rug. It isn't a rugby town. Um, traditionally, the rug the rugby have done better. Traditionally, the gates have been higher. But all through, even even through the dark days of Wigan Athletic and the the great days of Wigan Rugby, it was still a football town. It was just that the football fans supported Man United and Liverpool. It's a similar problem problem to what Burton have really in the sense of the area around us, you know, you've got your two Manchester clubs, your two Liverpool clubs, and then you still got some sides with histories like Preston, Blackburn, Bolton, you know, all within the Burnley, all within a few miles. So I would like, I'd look at it more in terms of where our fan base has grown. The younger fans who came in the Premier League, you know, are now older fans who are going with the mates. Some of them will now be having children, so that's how you grow a fan base. So I, I, it's growing. I mean, nearly 10,000 there on a cold Tuesday night, only only 500 fans from Oxford. So we're getting a pretty solid now, around about nine and a half home, home fans, um, which for me, you know, you look back to when we were last, well, sorry, when we were coming up through the leagues and we were in this division, we were more like six and a half thousand fans. Yeah. of our own fans. So adding to that, everybody's probably lost a few fans still because of COVID, because of finances. You know, we're all, are we going to find money for our tickets when, you know, we have to find money for our energy bills and our national insurance? And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure you don't want to turn it into a political podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, for another, that's for another night. So go on then, uh, Adam, before we leave it, Score prediction then, obviously you come to us on Tuesday, your waveform's good, you said you, you know, you've historically not done great at Hillsborough, but what you, surely you've got to be looking at a win? Yeah, I mean, I think we've got a, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think we've only won one at Hillsborough ever, so I, I could be wrong, but um, obviously we're coming at a time when we're on reasonable form, our waveform has not really dipped, Um Sometimes you get in these games, you just turn the first result around. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win to Wigan. Fantastic. <laughs> Cheers, Adam. Well, uh, Adam, thank you very much for uh, for joining us. I do really, uh, do really appreciate it. Obviously, good luck for the rest of the season. Yeah. Uh, and, apart from Tuesday, of course. Yeah, and yourselves, yeah. And, um, you know, if you do get in the playoffs, you know, hopefully we'll both be in the uh, championship next year and we'll... Uh, hopefully be uh, celebrating the, the, the title while you're near neighbours, uh, although I can't imagine your biggest rivals in the world, Rotherham. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Sheffield United, uh, yeah. <laughs> definitely a little bit bigger. I think, I think, they, I think Rotherham probably hate you more than you hate them. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
probably. We've got we've got them uh, just after we play you on the Sunday, so that'll be uh, that'll, oh, be, right, that'll well. be interesting. They'll come to, they'll come to Hillsborough after again another side that uh, that we've beaten so far this uh, so far this season. But uh, but yeah, Adam, thank you very much for yeah. your time. You're really welcome. Do, really do appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah. Thank all, you. All the best. Bye-bye. Bye bye. See you later. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans